Welcome to the Western Sports Football Club podcast. We've had a trial run at this previously and we weren't mortified by the results, but we've already put that out as addition into the ether and we're calling this our first proper episode, or at the very least 1A. In a world saturated by football podcasts, our aim is to keep you up to date with the club's results, activities and shed some light on the running of grassroots football. It's Thursday the 15th of November and we're currently holed up in a quiet-ish corner of our regular pub pretending to concentrate on this while all trying to watch the England-USA game out the corner of our eyes. There are no training sessions for making podcasts but on our first go we probably had a few more turn up and we'd add to some of our training sessions and however tonight we've had a few drop out just like we do every week at training as well. If you do hear any odd noises or sounds in the background, don't be alarmed. It's just the general noises of the pub activity. And you've got to bear in mind, this is the arrow. With me, players Henry Lawrence Napier and Jamie Green. And let's get going. So, guys, first thing to talk about. Uh, first team game on Saturday was uh, away at Holt, supposedly, and unfortunately got called off. Um, I guess, Henry, with all the rain we had in the week, not a surprise. Yeah, I wasn't surprised at all, to be honest. And um, playing at Holt's pitch before, I know that it can not be in the best conditions at some times. And I heard, is it pre-season, didn't they they relay the pitch? And I think that might have caused some problems with the water. Maybe it wasn't draining as well as what I thought it would. Um, So yeah, Friday evening, I was pretty confident it was going to be off. But, you know, still stayed in on Friday night, as you do. Um, Yeah, we believe, I think Holt had a... Uh, new surface laid and with with the very hot summer we had I don't think it settled as as well as it could or so I'm led to believe Um, so certainly I have my set pre-match routine starting on a Friday with the things I do and I eat and my Saturday mornings do you still go ahead with all your plans and preparation and keep to the same routine just in case yeah I do I mean Friday night not so much so I don't really have much of a routine Um, but yeah Saturday morning is all the same (laughs) for me Um, I normally get up a bowl of cereal Normally cornflakes, something low fat, as sad as that sounds. Um, and then beans on toast is normally the favourite. Normally three and a half hours will kick off. I try and time it roughly around then. Um, so yeah, I did all that obviously Saturday morning. It wasn't until after that the game was called off. Um, but yeah, that's all the really pre-match stuff I sort of do. Just eating properly, really. I mean, if I'm not on an empty stomach and running around or too full for that matter. Pem. Have you got any pre-match routines? Have you got routines as well that you follow or is it just wing it? Uh, no, I eat what I want on a Friday really. don't have curries because um, I get a bad stomach on them. Um, Saturday morning I'll have porridge with banana, um, about 10 litres of water and, <laughs> and then about six shits as well <laughs> from about 10 o'clock to, t- to 2 o'clock hour before kick-off. Um, that's it and then run my ass off excellent good work so the professionalism of amateur sport continues even though we hope the game is off uh, although it maybe doesn't carry on after the matches ok so in the DPL then uh, other results on Saturday just gone were that Corf Castle beat Shaftesbury Reserves 4-3 uh, Murley beat Wareham Rangers 9-1 and Parley Sports lost at home to Hamrek 3-0 uh, Portland United also beat Blanford 2-1 and the other, other games that were supposed to be on were um, called off now we've played Hamrek and we lost 3-0 to them uh, we know they're a very good side uh, that's what the score was for them against Parley on Saturday and that's who we've got on Saturday Parley so what are we expecting from Parley anything in particular? Uh, I think we know that Parley are a good team in recent years we always struggled to get a result against them um, being at home I would hope that it's slightly easier than it is away um, 
but yeah, I mean they're sitting just above mid-table now, and they have they have played a couple more games than some of the teams around them. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be very difficult on Saturday, and you know three 0 was not a terrible result; it was the same as ours. So we've got to bear that in mind when they come to our place on Saturday. Okay, so uh, the forecast is all looking good for the weekend, so the game should be on, no problems at all, and um, we're looking forward to welcoming Parley to Alvington. Uh, one bit of breaking news, I guess, from the first team today is that um, Jamie Irwin, um, one of our regulars over the last couple of years, manager's player of the year last season, young player of the year the season before, uh, is unfortunately leaving us to go and join Wincanton. Uh, I think that's a league above, but they're sort of struggling a bit. Do you think that's a sensible move or perhaps you should wait to the end of the season? Uh, <laughs> I think it's a sensible move. Um, I, um, I know most people probably won't agree with me, but I do believe that you should play as high as you can. And obviously that's what Jamie's gone to do, which is fair enough. Um, you know, he's young, he's got to try it. And if he doesn't enjoy it, he knows he'll be welcome back at the club. You know, he's a quality player, so we'd have him back, you know, just like that. So, yeah, I really don't blame him for doing it and hope he, you know, gets on well there. Well, we wish him the best of luck, uh, sort of, and uh, hope to see him back soon. <laughs> right, so a game that did actually take place, um, albeit a slightly changed venue, uh, was the reserves who made a trip to Broadstone. Uh, I've never been to Broadstone and it was supposed to be taking place at the county ground until the Friday when I think there was some sort of problem with the double booking of the pitch and it was swiftly moved to Broadstone Rec. So, Flem, what was it? What was Broadstone like? Um, the pitch was pretty awful, to be honest. Um, not to do with the rain, just it was like a wreck. It was bobbly, it was all over the place. The grass was long. Um, hideous walk to the changing rooms up a hill in the, in the rain. Um, but apart from that, there's a nice little clubhouse and then a nice hot dog as well. <laughs> Can't complain if you get a decent hot dog and I don't think we can complain about any walk to the pitch taking into account where we have to go at our ground. So um, we certainly don't have double standards, do we? But um, at a, obviously the grounds are still a little bit hard to a degree, bit of rain coming in, sort of a zippy pitch and it wasn't too long before we took the lead. No, it wasn't. It was um, a hell of a corner whipped in. Um, from Sweeter and then Alex Murphy's right won a big header going wide and their defenders knocked it in with his head and put us 1-0 up with an own goal so I've got that wrong in our notes I'll change that to own goal instead of Murphy header that's fine definite own goal goal, right Uh, but equally not too long after that an equaliser with a bit of a was it a long range low strike yeah what happened I um, lost the ball midfield actually and then uh, Sam Watts who was in goal for us he took a bit of a risk the night before by going out in Neo prayed for rain and his wish come true um, mate he took a shot from about 30 yards out Sam's on his front post and he's thought he's in the middle of the goal he's looked to his left and the ball's just bobbled in down the centre so he's still feeling the effects I think from his 21st birthday as well actually but <laughs> Okay, slight, slight error then for the first, or a couple of errors involved in the first goal, and maybe that woke us up a little bit because again, in a sort of a bit of a flurry, it wasn't too long before we were back in the lead, uh, and this one was um, a goal perhaps from Liam Stobbs that you wouldn't ex- wouldn't expect him to score so much. <clears throat> no, it was a great header, and to be fair, before that, Jack Dicker, he's um, he's our centre back, he's ran up got a ball off Brandon for the throw he's had about five people round him 
he's turned about six times and he's smashed the ball in from the outside of his boot. And then, um, yeah, Sobji's ran, got a great header on it and put us back in the lead. A great goal. It's always one of those things that you say when the smallest man on the pitch scores with a header that um, perhaps it shouldn't happen, but if the, the ball's right and the run's right and the header's right, it's just as, just as unstoppable as anybody else's. Uh, so I think there's a couple of early, other chances in the, in the rest of the half. It could have taken us further further ahead maybe, but finished the half 2-1 up. So a good good first half. Yeah, I can't complain really with on that pitch. Winning, um, yeah, 2-1 at halftime. We're quite confident we could go on and win the game really. Okay, but then not long into the second half. Bad news, we concede again. Yeah, um, can't quite remember what happened before, but matey's smashed it in from about 30 yards out. It's not Sam's fault, to be fair. It's gone in the top corner. Um, one of those goals about five minutes after the uh, kick-off the second half. And, yeah, it's just a good goal. And then back to it, 2-2. All a bit um, annoyed of ourselves, but we knew how to get going again. Okay, and then... 10-minute spell which sort of won the game for us really first up Liam Stobbs in again yeah he has he's um the cross has come in from uh, Alex Murphy and I don't quite know how but he's lifted his knee up by his head and he's kneed it and it's gone over the goal on his head <laughs> he's run he's quite surprised himself he's run off celebrating and said it's come off my knee <laughs> so, it was a good goal good can't complain of that it's, um, it's gone in the back of the net and we're back in the lead as long as he said he meant it, so we know he's got the true goal scorer's instinct, that's fine. And soon afterwards, he completed, well, a perfect hat-trick. Yeah, and another assist from Alex Murphy, putting him in two assists for the game, no goals. Um, he slotted in, uh, Liam in, he's took it round the keeper like he loves to do, and he's just side-footed it in the open goal. It was a hell of a goal. And finally, just to kill the game off, Jamie Burke getting his first, first of the season. Yeah, it was um, sort of a goal scramble um, from a corner. And then um, he's just there, um, left-hand side of the goal, with a defender around him. He's used his strength and just uh, tapped it in. But if he wasn't strong, the defender would have cleared it. So, yeah, right man, the right place at the right time. And again, wasn't quite the end of it, though. Uh, Broadstone didn't manage to pull another one back, but finished the game as 5-3 victors. And on a difficult away day, you've got to be pleased with that. Yeah, yeah, it was another goal, another um, mistake by our goalie Sam Watts. But um, can't let Westerns rule your life, like he once said last season after his twenty-first <laughs> birthday. Um, but yeah, so five-three in those conditions on that pitch, can't complain really, especially scoring five goals. It's, it's good. Should, could have had a few more in the first half. I think um, Alex Murphy hit the crossbar from two yards, and then he missed an open goal from a uh, crossing from Liam, Liam Stubbs, but. Yeah, so good result really. Good result in difficult conditions, so uh, very pleasing. Other results uh, in the senior league on Saturday were Dort Sports Reserves uh, beating Witchhampton 6-3 and Meertown uh, recovering from last week's defeat by us to beat Chickrell 6-1. Uh, so league table-wise, that puts us in what you'd call a pretty healthy position really. Uh, top of the league, um, we got a couple, te- couple of games in hand on the teams immediately below us. Um, so that's definitely something to build on and we need to keep keep those sort of performances going and stay where we are really. Yeah, definitely. Um, Corf Mullen at the weekend have only played seven. They're on 12 points. Um, so if you look at it, it's kind of a six-pointer really. With them, they may be seventh in the league, but if they win their games in hand, they go to second. So, yeah, could do a win there. 
Okay, and this weekend it's another another away trip. It's away to uh, Corfe Mullen. Um, they're sort of mid-table, so on paper it's a, a winnable game. Uh, so it's a, you know it's the sort of games you've got to win if you're going to compete for league titles. Um, I have played against Corfe Mullen, but it's a few years ago, and I believe their their new pitch is very nice. So looking forward to the trip and potentially a really nice surface. Yeah, same. I've never played there either, so it's nice to go down there. Um, I think we got a bus booked again, which is a good atmosphere for the way home. So yeah, if we come back there with three points, we're in a really healthy place, really in the league. All right, excellent work. Uh, unfortunately, both the under eighteen and under sixteen matches were cancelled at the weekend, so nothing to report on those. Um, the first team obviously taking the opportunity with their game off uh, made a afternoon slash evening of it uh, came into the pub and, and watched the scores came in during the afternoon and this Palace Spurs game which was completely unmemorable I think yeah that game was awful I think that's probably why I had one too many pints <laughs> Following that, um, just to give them a mention, we uh, took the opportunity to go and frequent uh, the Cow and Apple, who have uh, sponsored us this year, uh, got a board up, and obviously if you're out there and listening to this and you'd also like a board up round the pitch or feel that you can help grassroots football in any way by sponsoring us, uh, then we'd obviously be delighted to hear from you. Uh, following on from the Cow and Apple, we managed to go and watch the boxing. Um, I'll be frank with everybody I don't remember too much of it apart from the couple of knockout blows can anyone shed any more light on it um, I had to watch it on Sunday morning as well I was a bit of a bit of a state uh, watching the fight um, I remember it was the uh, Tony Belly getting knocked out but after watching it on Sunday morning with a bit of a hangover um, he deserved to lose to be fair he lost to the better man He's a, um, U6's a great fighter and probably challenge Anthony Joshua I think and um, this time next year maybe okay so um, let's chuck in a few general chats while we're here as we finish with the sort of western sports stuff now we were hoping to have Ant Heron here tonight who's our uh, resident Fulham fan Uh, unfortunately he's stuck on the A303 somewhere which has happened to us all at some point or another Uh, but dilly ding dilly dong (laughs) Ranieri's taken over at Fulham is he the right man for the job well, yeah, he's, um, I think Ant Heron actually put a tweet out the other day saying Fulham are going to be crowned Premier League champions in 2020. <laughs> um, can't deny that, looking what he's done at Leicester. So um, I'm a Chelsea fan, so I, I love the bloke. Um, hope he does really well. There's got to be some people out there thinking Fulham have been struggling at the start of this year, conceded way too many goals. Are they... Are they right with Ranieri or should they have gone for an Allardyce or a Pulis? Uh, I think they're right with Ranieri, although I heard that he wasn't their first choice necessarily. Um, I don't know how true this is, but I heard that Fulham went for Arsene Wenger um, and Andre Villas-Boas, but they obviously declined, um, which I can understand why, because they are sitting bottom in the Premier League and they are struggling big time. Um, but yeah, I think Ranieri, I think he's a good manager and obviously what he did at Leicester was... Well, that's all down to him, or it's down to the players, but he was still part of it, and it's remarkable. So I'm not quite sure he can pull that off, but, you know, to stay in the Premier League, and even as a non-Fulham supporter, I would love to see Fulham stay in the Premier League. They spent a lot of money in the summer, um, and if you take the last season and the season before with the the manager they've just got rid of, uh, they had a storming second half of the season. Have they jumped a bit early, or do you think now is the right time to get rid of him? Um, yeah, it's probably the right time in this day and age of football. The bottom of the league, going into like middle of November, got a busy period coming up. 
um, yeah, I'm getting Ranieri, and I think is is a good choice, really. But only time will tell. What? That was obviously a sort of fairly late change of schedule because I wanted to talk to Ant really about the, the Liverpool-Fulham game uh, that took place at the weekend, if our memory stretched back to that. Uh, there was obviously the, the the first goal for Liverpool, the Salah one, whereas uh, was it offside? Was it not offside? Was it a rolling ball when he took the free kick? Then we followed that on with uh, the Charlie Austin rant over whether his goal was offside or not. And if anyone hasn't seen the... Uh, that being put to music of uh, Park Life, then they should probably go and look it up. Plus, last weekend you had Raheem Sterling falling over and get a penalty. Why are we introducing VAR next season? Why isn't it in already? I don't know. After the World Cup, I'm a massive fan of it. Um, let's get it in grassroots football, hopefully, one day. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they, they messed up, I think. I think they've realised that, and hopefully it'll be, be in next season. It looks like Jesse Lingard's just put England ahead. Uh, so that sort of moves us on nicely to talk about the, uh, the Wayne Rooney International against uh, USA. Um, I think as, as England's all-time record cap winner is, uh, for an outfield player and England's all-time leading goal scorer breaking a record that's been around since Bobby Charlton retired, um, we can probably all sort of agree that he deserves some sort of recognition. But the guard of honour... He's going to be wearing the number 10. He's going to be captain when he comes on. Are we doing enough? <laughs> I think are we doing enough is the wrong question. <laughs> are we doing too much? Um, it's a difficult one for me. I'm a United supporter, therefore I love Rooney. I just feel as though it's come a bit... It's too late on. He's, you know, he's done the whole England thing. He's passed it. I, I don't know when his last cap was. I don't know if any of you two know when his last cap was. Two years. Two years. Um, I think it's all a bit too late for all this mumbo-jumbo. It doesn't really fit right with me. It's not football. Um, yeah, I mean, not uh, not an international friendly match. I mean, you can have like a, a charity match involving that. I mean, it wouldn't get the cap that way, but it, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't feel right with me, to be honest. So not, not too long ago, it's 2-0 now. I missed who scored that. Um, and um, not too long ago, we saw a similar sort of thing with... Um, Germany well we, England played Germany didn't we in the Lucas Podolski game uh, and it was sort of all about Podolski's speeches and videos before the game and he played and he captained the team and he scored a typical Podolski screamer and then went off to full stadium singing his name and giving him a standing ovation is that the sort of thing we should have done and made it more about him or is have we, have we got this right um I'm not so sure, really. Um, it's all good, maybe have have um, some sort of testimonial, maybe like get get like some celebrities in them, make it less serious, and like get get the um, the gate tickets to go towards his charity. And people, it's, it's said if they put it at Old Trafford to sell the stadium out with England playing there. Um, but I I don't necessarily agree with it. I think when you get to 100 caps, you get a gold cap, you get recogni- good recognition then. Like, does he need this extra cap? Like, if I was um, like in the England squad or someone and he's playing before me, then I'm not going to get a cap. And I'm sat there with no caps. I'll be a little bit annoyed. Um, but it's Wayne Rooney, I suppose. He's done us, he's done us well. Didn't win us any trophies or score many <laughs> important goals. But yeah, I think I think like you say, maybe given a longer period of time, we would have forgotten that he played in the side that didn't win anything and just remembered the good stuff that he did but it might be a bit too soon 
Okay, so moving on to some sort of uh, game that happened Sunday. Didn't really catch much of it. Um, the Manchester Derby, I think it was called. Um, it was a bit like a training session, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was embarrassing, to be honest. Man City were, even from the... I think from the, they had a kick-off, I think they kept the ball for one and a half minutes and got a shot away that nearly went in. Um, and if that had gone in, I probably walked out the pub there and then. Um, luckily it didn't. I mean, it took only another ten minutes for them to score. Um, but, you know, we, I guess we could say we did well to make it back to 2-1. You know, kept us in the game. Um, but yeah, Man City are a different class. And again, this season, I just can't see anybody getting close to them. Although, obviously, Chelsea and Liverpool are at the moment, but... They won't be able to hold it, I don't think. Not for as long as Man City will be able to. There's been a there's been a couple of sides who've been and gone and tried to attack Man City, and they've probably been the sides who've done best against them. And yet, Man United went up there and set up and tried to defend a bit like Southampton and Huddersfield has done. Is that the way Man United should be playing? Um, yeah, when you've got Mourinho as your manager, <laughs> I don't know what to expect. Um, but I, I don't support Man United. I support Chelsea. Um, <coughs> Yeah, but um, Mourinho won us trophies that way. Um, he spent a lot of money, and but like say, I'm a Chelsea fan, but I know that's not the Man United way. I assume most of the fans aren't necessarily happy with it. Um, but there's no shame to lose a Man City. I think they're going to go the whole season unbeaten. So get down your local bookmakers, <laughs> put your mortgage on it. Uh, do gamble responsibly. I think it's a phrase. Uh, and know when to stop or something like that um, so in Man City's midfield for example they've got Fernandinho who's obviously their holding player and he crops up every now and then with a screamer from the edge of the box and David Silva and Bernardo Silva who looks an amazing player I have to say didn't know too much about him before he arrived in the Premier League uh, so you've got creativity defensive you've got against Matic Fellaini and Herrera in the Man United midfield who they don't create anything but they don't stop us conceding goals so what do they do? That's a, that's a good question, actually. Uh, uh, they slow the game down, is what they do. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard, they are obviously two completely different sets of midfield players. I mean, it's hard, hard to compare them. Um, but yeah, I mean, out of them players, I'd only, I'd only keep Herrera in that team. Matic is, yeah, he's slowly getting worse. Um, and Fellaini, why he started that game is beyond me. Um, but, you know, they were playing against you know top top players and personally David Silva is the best player in the Premier League for me at this moment and constantly is a good player okay so um, certainly don't disagree with that Um, so what does it say about Jose's signings then that only two of them started this game and he left a £30 million centre-half out of the squad a £50 million midfielder on the bench the club's the player we've the club has paid the most wages to in their history all can't get in the side yeah, it's strange. Just, um, he does do that, though. Has done it every club he's been to. Um, like, is Pogba, Pogba injured? Or, oh, he is injured. Oh, yeah. Um, just can't help that, then. But going there so defensive. It's just... Um, no, well, you don't stand yourself a chance, do you, really? Uh, so in the first 12 minutes of the game... Um, Man United made five successful passes. In Manchester City's third goal, the 44-pass goal, Fernandinho made six on his own. <laughs> Jose Mourinho says that uh, people who look at stats don't know anything about football, but what about the stats that after 12 games, Man United are 12 points behind Man City and have a negative goal difference? 
Yeah, I think Jose Mourinho's got to face up to the fact that you do have to look at the stats sometimes. I mean, you know, points are stats at the end of the day, and that's what it comes down to. And yeah, passing's key. We've seen that for the past couple of years, the way the Premier League sort of moved on, how much more fluid it is now. It's no, it's not just lumping it long. It's you know, getting the ball in the deck, keep the back four keeping it. Um, and Man City have mastered that, and clubs are slowly trying to get with that. But Manchester United are not one of them teams at the moment. Okay, so give me a number. How many points will Man City win the league by? 21. Nine. Okay, so one of you's gone for a massive increase on last year, one of you've gone for a slight reduction, so not too bad. Okay, the other thing I want to mention briefly then, or ask an opinion about, is uh, have you seen the story about the referee in the Women's Super League? Yeah so, yeah, so a televised game. Uh, the referee is therefore under time pressure to start the game on time and realised in the middle of the pitch he's forgotten his coin. So he makes the players does rock, paper, scissors to decide he does it. Now, is this piece of, like, man using his incentive who's made a bit of a cock-up and is getting over it by using his initiative? Or is it a guy who should be more professional and is devaluing the women's game? I'm a huge fan of rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> Mass, um... I think it should be like that every game, really. <laughs> I think last season we had a free kick on the edge of the box and I lost to Hayden um, from rock, paper, scissors, so he beat me, so he got to take the free kick. <laughs> but, yeah, I'd do it on anything. Um, like, I'd probably challenge someone for a car or a lot of money on rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> this referee's been suspended for three weeks. Is that an overreaction? Massive overreaction, I think. I've, I don't know what they expect him to do. I, to run off the pitch and then they be moaned out they didn't start on time um, but I do wonder if maybe you something a bit more simpler like you know the old grass and the hand trick I mean it's less comical than the rock paper scissors and maybe that would have worked better I don't know uh, but yeah a three week ban is you know is silly I mean it, just a good talking to after the game maybe or a warning to say if it happens again you know we can't let you ref for a week or whatever but yeah stupid and overreaction i think we're all agreed on that okay um so just to let you know we've got a race night coming up as well that's on saturday week that's saturday the 24th depending on when you're listening to that um it's going to be held at the arrow pub in yeovil and abbey manor and obviously we'd be delighted to see you here it's commences at half seven which is straight after the uh, chelsea tottenham game so that's worth hanging around for and then come and have a flutter support local football um, we've got 13 teams to try and support up here going down from under nines all the way up to two senior men's side so uh, any bit of help you can give us is very much appreciated and on that note I think that just about rounds off where we are and our podcast and we hope you enjoy it and we'll listen again uh, please bear in mind that we can only get better uh, with a bit of practice and I'm sure we'll iron out some of the mistakes and the unprofessionalism as we go along uh, although I hear that the rustic approach is certainly in style these days Right now, we're available through the Anchor app, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, Google Podcasts and Spotify, and we're seeking approval from other platforms, so watch out, we're trying to take over. We'd love to hear your thoughts on what we've done and any questions you have about us or about grassroots football, and we did ask via Twitter for you to uh, submit your questions to us using the hashtag WSFCpod. Uh, you give that a damn good ignoring, so try again this week, please. We'll be happy to answer some of your questions on here. Uh, we would like to extend this out as we go along and we get a little bit better for us and you can find us on uh, Googlers and you can find our webpage we're on Facebook and obviously on Twitter under the handle at Westland underscore sports uh, only remains for me to thank uh, Henry Lawrence Napier and Jamie Green for coming along and their company and their opinions and uh, hopefully we'll see you again soon bye <laughs>